to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and where I am right now in Germany, it feels like spring, and it is so great. I am also sitting here drinking one of my favorite beers in Germany. It's an alcohol-free beer, actually, which are great. They're way better than you think they are, I promise. Um, it's this uh, Franziskaner Weißbier, Blutorange, so it's like a Radler. Um, I have a little bit of a story behind it. So as far as I know, they used to only sell this beer in Bavaria. And last Friday, I was at the grocery store after work. It was sort of a spontaneous trip. I, I wasn't really planning on it. I didn't have my bag with me. But I thought, you know what, I'll just pay the extra 10 cents for a paper bag and just grab a couple things that I need. And then it's done. And then I saw that they had this beer. And so I, I had to get it. And I also ended up getting more than I anticipated in the store. And then I ended up buying a bag that was half the size of a normal size bag. But whatever. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work. So I get out of the store and I'm going to wait for the train because I have to go two stops further to get to my stop. And I'm reorganizing the whole bag because I'm like, this is not... Like, there's no way I can carry this heaping bag of groceries. And it's a paper bag. It's going to fall apart. Um, and this six pack of beer. So already a bunch of people are looking at me like, what are you doing? I get on the train and <laughs> one of the beers falls out onto the ground. Luckily, it didn't break. Um, but I resituated things in a way that I, I could carry everything. And I was like, okay, it's like a five minute walk from the train stop. I got this. I get just enough off of the tram that I'm in the middle of a road where a bunch of people are coming and going and the beer falls again. Somehow, again, it does not break. So thank goodness for that. But I had no idea what to do. So all of a sudden I'm on the side of the road with all of my bags, with all of my groceries and this beer. And I just am like sitting there totally flustered. And then this car pulls up in front of me, but they seem to not notice that I'm there at all. And after a couple minutes of just not knowing what to do, I go up to them and I asked if they happen to have a bag on them that I could use to get my groceries home. And I was thinking like maybe like an old paper or plastic bag, but he actually gave me, it was this really nice man. He let me have his tote bag, like the ones made out of cloth. And I told him I could bring it back in like 10 minutes. I live around the corner, but he said I could keep it. And God, it saved me. I don't know how I don't know how I would have gotten home without it. My plan B was to like stash some of these things in the trees and then come back. So I mean, I guess it would have worked. I just would have looked like an even crazier person than I already looked like I was. <laughs> anyway, to steal a phrase I learned from my guest today, long story long, um, people are great. <laughs> I am someone who tries to do good for others as much as I can, but when you're in a situation like mine and you're all flustered and someone helps you out, it really does make a huge difference. So that's my little story and moral for today is, um, yeah, I'm going to be keeping my eyes out for a random act of kindness that I can do to kind of pay it forward since someone helped me out and um, maybe you guys can do the same. And with that nice little silly story, <laughs> let's get right into today's show. My name is Jeremy. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. I moved to Germany three years ago to Heidelberg. And I lived in Heidelberg for one year, and then we made the move down here to Freiburg, and I've been in Freiburg for uh, two years now. And we know each other through your wife, actually, Katie. Yes, yes. 
Highly approved. Good choice. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm biased. <laughs> what brought you to Germany in the first place? So I finished my PhD in 2015. Basically, I did a bridging postdoc uh, at my university. So I was looking. I was working there for my my former boss and and looking for jobs or whatever. And then eventually, uh, I found one. So I got a uh, I had an interview, and then I got a, a job invitation to come here and do a postdoc in in Germany. And uh, I couldn't say no to this. <laughs> Were so you like, seeking yeah, it out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that was one of the things is like. So when I grew up, I never had that like European experience. So many people are like, oh yeah, you know, this summer we're going backpacking through Europe or whatever, or, oh, we're doing this. And it's just like, that was never my experience. My summers were always going home and staying with my parents and maybe working a job or something, right? So at this point in my life, I never had that. So I said, you know, I better do it now before I get stuck somewhere. So when I was looking for positions, I was almost exclusively looking outside of the US. But anyways, yeah, so long story long, uh, I eventually got one and uh, I accept it. And I mean, it was a good position. It wasn't just because it was in Germany. I mean, everything else fit. It was very much in with what I was doing. So yeah, I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And uh, I was given four weeks to basically prep. So we in four weeks, we like packed up all our stuff. We moved out. We had like a huge garage sale when everything else got like stored at our parents' houses or whatever. Yeah. And then we moved out here. So yeah, so I was I was dating Katie at the time and she agreed, I guess you could say, <laughs> to come with me. So Heidelberg, and then what happened with Freiburg? When I joined up, the institute that my professor was at basically said, like, so your contract ends at the end of the year. So she knew that she would be leaving at the end of the year. And she's like, typically when you do a postdoc, they offer you like a two-year contract, but I can't do that because I'm leaving. And then so when I joined, it was kind of on the, it, it, was, it was knowing that after a year, we would be going somewhere else. So I, I had the one-year contract because uh, it was two initially, so one in Heidelberg, one in Freiburg. And then thankfully, I got a one-year extension. And then uh, after this, the the grant that I was on did not get re, re-upped. But it, it's not so bad for me because like I kind of knew that was coming. And I also didn't want to be that endless postdoc person who just has like a temporary position every year. But then what? Like, and especially with visas and stuff, because now you're oh, here yeah. with Katie and your cat and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What then? <laughs> so we tried to fans, uh, transfer to the the cat, right? So he was the main visa. No. Um, <laughs> we got a cat visa? <laughs> yeah. That, that's a whole other story, but yeah. No, actually, so it was fortunate. So in the first year we were here, so Katie didn't work in Heidelberg. She was finishing her master's degree. Um, and then when we moved here, she found a job at the... Um, Kindergarten or Kinder Universität. Um, <laughs> Kinder Universität. Yeah, they're super like official because it's English speaking and they try to be like really high minded, I guess. The kid college, okay. <laughs> and it was good for her because obviously her German's not super good. So anyway, so she she was working, so she has income, which is great. And then with me, like we went to the office and it was really stressful because, so I was looking for a job like crazy. Probably the starting about three months before the end of my position, I started like looking hardcore and applying for positions. So we went to the visa office and there's a high, like, you know, what can we do? Like, whatever. And they said, okay, we can make an appointment. So <laughs> we went there at the, I think the last week of November to schedule an appointment for this. And the earliest time they gave us was the first week in January. That's happened to me too. And it's like, okay, but, but I'm not supposed to be in your country after this date. So what would you like from me? Like, do I just stay? And then they're weirdly chill about it. For oh, a little bit. Yeah. So the two, the two ones that got me, and I, I, you know, I'm not for that. You know, I want to be treated equally or whatever. But in this case, I'm like, oh God, special treatment. Please give me all of it. <laughs> um, 
No, but uh, so the first thing they said was like, okay, well, if you have the like the printout for the uh, appointment, this is like official enough. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we know you're going to have a visa meeting one week after the new year. Like you're fine for one week. And I'm like, all right, thanks for not deporting me, I guess. I mean, sure. after this week, I have no idea. But no, when I went there, I was like, you know, oh, hey, and it's, it's click, click, click. And they were like, oh, so you're a doctor. And I was like, technically, yes. I mean, not a real doctor. <laughs> they love a good education. Oh, yeah. like the, Yeah. Mm. And then the other thing is, okay, so we can we can give you a three-month extension. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, just like that. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, yeah, he's like, oh. so he looked at it and it was like, oh, you know, so you guys are American citizens and uh, three months should be no problem. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that statement, but I will take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will take whatever I can get. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, they we, we, we presented our case and said, this is the situation, blah, 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 blah. And essentially what it boiled down to is they said, you don't, earn enough money for a long-term visa um they were like for your like household you need to be making i think it was like eight or nine hundred more euros per month in order to qualify for like a long-term thing because they have these like standards for how much you should make according to the system or whatever yeah based on how much they think you should need to live which yeah, i've which... always been like y'all i'm cheap like i'm very yeah. thrifty how about i decide what i can live off of because i'm great at living off of nothing and they're like no no you need x amount of money yeah it was funny we had the same thing with the apartment we were there they're like oh how much do you earn and i was like is that really relevant like i will pay the rent and they're no it's a thing it's a big thing yeah but yeah so this is what they said and i tried to convince them so <laughs> so basically my current plight if you if you will is this sort of chicken and egg scenario with the unemployment office. So I go to the unemployment office and say, hi, I'm going to be unemployed. I'd like to apply for benefits. So the nice thing is here, I think it's, I think it's German wide. You get half the time unemployment for the length that you are working with a one year maximum. So if you work for one year, you have a one year contract, then you're eligible for six months of unemployment. So thankfully I had the two year contract here in Freiburg. So I'm eligible for the full year. So I was like, great, awesome. So give me a year visa. So I go to the unemployment office and I said, hi, you know, I'd like to have benefits, da, da, da. So I give them my, my, uh, my passport, my visa. And they looked at it and they were like, oh, well, it ends, you know, at the end of this year. Like we, if you don't have a visa, we can't give you the, the money. And I said, are, are you kidding me right now? All right. No, no, that's fine. I, I'll, go to the, I'll go to the office and I'll convince them. Then I go to the office on, like I said, the first week of January. And I said, hi, like, da, 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 da. And they said, oh, well, you need to be making, you know, eight, 900 more euros. And I said, well, that's perfect because I'll have the unemployment benefits. And they said, oh, do you have your conto also, the, the, like your the print? Yeah, 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 yeah. The bank, bank statement, statement um, to show that you have this money, this income. And I was like, no, they won't give me the money if I don't have visa. Yeah. And they were like, all right, well, look, we'll give you three months. When you get the printout to show that you have the money, come back and we'll extend your visa. So I need the money to get the visa, but I need the visa to get the money. Yeah, I had that exact problem too. Yeah, so I lost. <laughs> oh, you did. didn't get didn't get the money. Got a sort of visa. But, oh yeah, okay. Eh. So I I waited and I had so I go back to the visa office. I explain and with my three months and they they it took like six weeks to go through because of other bureaucratic hangups and the fact that my German's not perfect. And eventually I got it and I get the letter and it says, oh, you're going to be paid this much, blah blah blah. And they end my benefits exactly the day my visa ends. Oh, it was only three months. So I went back to the visa office and I said, hi, like, you know, uh, I have this official letter. You told me to come. And they were like, okay, well, this says it ends in uh, like next month, like April or whatever. And I said, yeah, oh my God. So I explained the situation <laughs> to the guy and said, you know, here's this. And then they're going to extend it and blah, blah, blah. And he, and then finally the person I had, I, I spoke with was very down to earth. And he's like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write you a letter 
on, on your file here and then send all your stuff to the, the home office in Berlin and you should get a letter in like two weeks that will say if you get the visa or, you, or if you have to come back in a month and then just do this back and forth. So yeah, I, I'm like living in this like temporary in between. And it takes so much time too. And what kills me is I'm like, I've talked to enough people that I know this happens so often. Mm. Yet every time you talk to any one of these people, they're like shocked and slightly appalled and frankly at you like you did something wrong that you are getting caught in this situation and i'm like no i literally know that you're every day so like that you as a worker of the visa office or as the arbeitsamt like you deal with this all the time yeah you know it's a chicken and an egg yeah but i also i then had i had a three-month gap between my last contract and my new one mm-hmm. i also had that time where i was like okay well i'm technically not allowed to be here but my appointment is after I'm not allowed to be here. And then there was a while where they just printed out this piece of paper on like recycled paper too, not even the yeah. nice stuff. And they were like, yeah, this is okay. Just don't cross any international borders. Like it doesn't yeah. count there. But was like, this a Fixungsbescheid? Yeah. It was like a type thing? of, yeah. Because you yeah, can yeah. get, there's two fix, or I don't know if there's two, but there's there's like a Fixungsbescheidung you can spend some money on and it's like a card or it's a something. Okay, it's something yeah. official. I didn't, get, I didn't get that one. No, I got like literally and they were like, just carry it around with you always. And I'm like, it's a <laughs> yeah. full sheet of paper like i'm not gonna do that i'm very messy as a human and it was weird but then um somehow my situation worked out but when i I was still going to the employment office trying Mm. to explain the situation and it was also a chicken and egg situation there and they got to the point where they were like okay we could do this for you if you had that on in paper and no the other place would not give me the paper (laughs) so they both knew that it was true and they would say it to each other but they would not write it down yeah and i got to a point where i was so emotionally exhausted from every day going back and forth to these offices and i just was like you know what in three months i will be employed i will have income Mm -hmm. i can survive the three months it set me back a lot but i got i i gave up i don't know i don't know if i could have fought it more but it was also just like the language thing i just was it was making me feel inadequate and i was like i'm already feeling inadequate because i'm sitting around unemployed yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna cut it off here before i feel worse about myself (laughs) you know i i I totally get that no for that for that one week we were just when we had the the temporary pass we were like we don't leave yeah we just stay in the house don't keep the keep the blinds down (laughs) they won't find us so what do you do now like are you just applying to jobs and (laughs) what's up (laughs) oh my god yeah i was unemployed in summer so i was read like and i also knew i had a job coming right so that was a different scenario yeah, but i sure. it was just like i would go to the river and read a book i would ride my bike around i watched some movies it was really great <laughs> no that's that uh, that sounds like magical <laughs> i mean other than the fact that i literally like by the end of this i had two euros to my name i know i had one euro and 54 cents to my name and i didn't know when i was getting paid next and luckily it all worked out but right yeah there was a steady sense of like i can't just be like oh let me go grab an ice cream or let me meet up with friends for dinner like it was like i was sitting and reading because that was free. the freest thing yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah and the paranoia about money was not fun but the rest of it kind of great yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of a yeah so um ugh, it's been kind of an emotional roller coaster i guess so i you know i mentioned before that like this kind of like set continual contract path is not something that i was interested in and i don't want to just do that i want to get a permanent position so the things i was looking for were more permanent like industry positions and that kind of thing it was so up and down because it was interesting while i had my job i was looking for a job like crazy and i was super stressed out 
And I was just like, I was really killing myself, like looking for this. And there, it, there was so much uncertainty. And I think that's the, that's kind of the big theme with that was just, you, you don't know. I didn't know. Like, what happens with my visa? What happens with my, my unemployment? Do I get it? Do I not get it? Like, do I get deported? Do they, like, say this? Like, I don't know what's happening, right? And then, I mean, like, so I mentioned Katie has a job, and we said, oh, well, maybe we can transfer to hers. The thing is, so her job alone doesn't make enough to be, like, the front runner, or it's not specialized enough or something to be, like, right. the main one. So at the office, they explained it, and they're like, all right, if you want to switch it, you have to jump through, like, 50 hoops. But if you just keep it on your name and you can manage to get this like extra income, then it's just done. And unemployment money counts as extra income? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It counts as like part of your income for their family quota or whatever you right. want to call like it. Right. Like they're not considering quota. it income, but they're considering it enough money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can show in the statement that it that it's like official official income. I guess that's the best way to say it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you and Katie are married now too. So that's Yeah, also, yeah. We got married. It, we got, our wedding was in July actually. Yeah. yeah. So if you hadn't been married, I think that would also be different. But, but even as married people, her work was not enough. Right. Okay. Right. So you're so, still technically, even she is on your visa? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's still like, I'm still like, I guess the, the main visa or something. So she's, she's a dependent. It's ironic because she is dependent on my visa, even though she's the one with the position right now. I have heard some people theorize that that sometimes people in the visa office slash beyond mm. prefer it to be the man. I don't know. It's worth throwing out. It's also worth throwing out that like, yeah, we're like white people from America. Yeah. We're handled differently than yeah. other people. I mean, like yeah. I said before, it's something that, like I said, I felt that before, but it doesn't make, it doesn't mean I'm comfortable with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. uh, so my coworker just before I left, though, we had a one year overlap. There's a girl who came from Iran and she was starting her PhD and like her, our experiences were so different. Like for me, I went to Sparkasa and uh, the bank and I was like, I just want to open a banking account. And they said, okay, like here's your visa. Here's your, you know, your passport. Okay. Like here's your account. So she went to, I think it was Colmart's bank and tried to set one up there. And the woman like didn't speak English. And she was like, she could get this feeling like, I think the woman did speak English, but yeah, like maybe yeah, like, they right, but they're required to. It's like a whole, yeah, that's, a, that's another story. But yeah, mm -hmm. but basically she got that kind of like undercurrent is that she was having communication problems. So eventually the secretary came and tried to do this and like they wouldn't let her open it because she's from Iran because they have these like special rules or something like this. So then like our group secretary had to like have a conversation and explain something. And then I think eventually she had to get a letter from the embassy or something. And I mean, eventually she got it, but it was just such a hassle that like, I didn't experience that she did. And yeah. that, like I said, I mean, that could, I mean, obviously it's because she's from a different country or what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you get really different experiences based on where you're coming from. Yeah. This, yeah. It's always so tricky to talk about to what extent someone's identity as like in terms of gender, race, nationality, right. whatever plays into it, because also very much get the feeling that a lot of these offices they have so many rules and they follow them so mm -hmm. much that it makes no sense and it feels random <laughs> where you're like great so this person that i talked to today seemed to be in a bad mood and i got bad news yeah and then this other person took the same information and did something else and like i also would sometimes cry because that tended yeah. to help like i'm not necessarily someone who needed to cry in that scenario but like if you cry at the foreigner's office they're they somewhat break down their like, um, yeah. I don't know, that that like shield, I guess. Yeah, yeah the German barrier. like professionality or whatever. Like, mm. I don't know. So I you just I I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm I'm fairly confident saying that we probably 
get off a bit easier than a lot of other people in yeah. in many scenarios, including including this one. And also, I've noticed if you're trying to have the conversation in German, even if you're not doing a great job, that's a different story than if you're absolutely going in being like English. You absolutely, know? absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a big problem that Katie has sometimes. Is I mean, there there are people that work at the immigration office that that speak just German, and I'm not like you know, obviously it's your country, it's your office. Like I'm not I'm not imposing upon you, but it's just surprising. Because you would, you could imagine the number of people that would have that as a second or third language that would come in there, and you maybe if you need some sort of clarification. And this um, is complicated stuff too. And like here, yeah. this is a country where the English education is so deep. Like in food, most people in food in any little tiny cafe can speak enough English to get by. Right. And it is English because it's a national, like in a very international language. Yeah. Here, you also get some people who speak French because we're right on the border. Of course, yeah. It is, it is just surprising when you do run into yeah. these people who don't speak any other language and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. but I, I don't want to push it too far. Like, I try to walk that line because, like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, totally. I, like I said, I'm not trying to, like, force you to learn English to, to, to speak with me. Like, I'm coming to you. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way too, but I also am very aware of, like, language learning as a process. And there, I've, I've hit stuff where I've had to handle scenarios mm-hmm. before I was ready language-wise to handle them. And in those situations, it's like, okay... What do I do if we want to make any progress? Like smile a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you smile a lot or you cry a lot. <laughs> you never know. You got to read the person. Got to read the scenario. Right. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm always back and forth where I'm like, if you're trying to be friendly and welcoming, it is good to have people with a lot of languages and and not just English. It's pretty much irrelevant to me what other language it is. It's just like meeting people halfway kind of a thing is nice. Right. But also at the same time, like I, yeah, I am of the opinion that people in Germany should be learning german that being said it's a hard language and it takes years so how what do you do i don't i don't know i don't have the answer but it is confusing when you're navigating these scenarios and you're like "Mm, okay well here we are and your so your plan is just keep applying for jobs you also mentioned the other day that you found that this system was helpful in that you feel like you can say yes to the right job that you don't have to just take any job yeah i know i was super stressed out when i was finishing it and then finally d-day came you know end of the year Visa over, position finished, blah blah blah. Um, and the first week was super stressful because like we had a we had a meeting with the um, visa office, and then literally the next day we had an appointment with the unemployment office, and then like three days later we had an appointment with some somewhere else I can't remember, and it was just like bam 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 like we have to oh my god we have to do this now now now, and I think like that week after I actually had an interview in Weinheim, which is a small little uh, village that's just north of Heidelberg. I went for that interview and it <laughs> it did not go as perfectly as I would have wanted, but you know, that's life. Ultimately, obviously I didn't get that position either, but once I got everything kind of straightened out and that sort of that uncertainty melted away, I felt more relaxed, I guess. Like there the the urgency, the sort of immediacy to to do to, to have a position now, to have like a like a, a working plan now kind of went away because and I talk about this with Katie ever so often, how like it's so, so this is where I guess we'll jump into like the comparison thing because these conversations always devolve into like comparisons with Germany and USA and this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hey, it's what you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Um, but I know for a short while I didn't have a job in the US when I was between my uh, undergrad and, 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 and graduate school. And I mean, God, thank my family because I stayed with my parents, right? I mean, they took me in obviously, you know, and I did odd jobs here and there. And then eventually I found like a teaching position but yeah, for about five or six months, like I was lost, you know, and thankfully I had that safety net, I guess, you know, and I know so many people that just don't have that. So, you know, if you lose your job in the U.S., like you don't have health care, you don't have benefits, you don't have anything. You know what I mean? 
Uh, but here, the way they, well, I mean, I don't know if they do it across the board, but the way they did for me is like your, my unemployment benefits are 60% of my last uh, income. So my last, like whatever my last paycheck was, I get 60% of that. And that's my, my unemployment, just straight up. I realized that, wow, like I have, I have income. And part of this is like, uh, like I have health insurance because everything's through the, you know, through the system or whatever. And I still have my like personal insurance, although my personal insurance is through the bank, but still whatever. So it's like, I feel much more relaxed because all of these sort of like scary things I, I have covered that sort of urgency that like, oh my God, I have to have a job now. It isn't, it's, it doesn't feel the same way. So once everything got sorted out with all of the different agencies, like the visa stuff and then, you know, the benefits or whatever, I don't know. I just felt like, like I want to find a job that's a good fit for me. So, so that you can stay there. Cause this is the thing. If you find, if you just take a job that you're like, eh, I don't know about it, but they offered it to me. So I go with it. Then you might have the same scenario in a couple months or a year when you're like, no, this sucks. This isn't right for me. And I want something else. Not right. that you'd be unemployed again necessarily, but that you'd be going through this process again. And then everyone loses out. You've wasted time. The company has wasted money and it's not a long-term solution, but now you're able to make a better choice right. that's going to work for everyone yeah. for longer. No, exactly. And I think the other thing too is aside from that, like, I mean, thankfully I have the one year. I have to interface with one of their, uh, what are they called? Advisors, agents yeah, yeah or something like that that like helps you get a job or whatever thankfully you know knock on wood the one that i have is very relaxed and she looked at my like resume and she was like okay and i the first time i met her i said oh i have an interview lined up and i had this interview and this and she was like oh so you're actively looking and it was a, such a strange question because i was like yes of course i'm actively looking like are right. there people that are not you know <laughs> That's the and she's like oh yeah you're fine so basically she said email me if your situation changes if you move whatever and then i have to check in like every like once a month and basically give an update Huh. And it, yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's really hands off, I guess you could say. And it's given me an opportunity to sort of not only to look for the job I want, but also kind of like, I mean, I obviously have more free time and I'm able to like explore things that I wouldn't normally have done. Like? Yeah. <laughs> so for the past, I don't know, 10 years or something, I was doing like wet lab stuff. So it's just like chemistry and biology, like hands on. Like you're you're in the lab, you're, you're making the chemicals, you're doing the experiments, whatever. And you know, the longer you do that, you realize it's not exactly the, the healthiest environment to be in. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I made this realization because you know, like now, you know, I'm getting a little bit older and we're thinking about starting a family and everything. And I realized like this isn't a place I want to be into my 40s. You know what I mean? It, it, like breathing all these chemicals and like doing all this stuff. And, you know, it, it, so I'm trying to like aim more for like a maybe like a management job or a desk job or something or just anything to get me outside of the lab. So like scientific communications or publishing or just something tangentially related. And I wouldn't have had the time to look into these positions or develop these sort of skills that might be necessary for that if if I didn't have this like time that I have now. So I've been kind of like looking at other career paths or whatever or something like that. And the other thing too is uh, I've been looking at doing like some like side programming stuff. I used to do like some programming when I was in my, my undergrad and I haven't done it in years. So I'm kind of like, getting back to that and I realized like how much fun it was because I haven't done it in forever. And yeah, like, I mean, to be completely honest, like I haven't applied for a job in three weeks or four weeks or something. <laughs> I mean, I still look, but I'm just like, if it's not perfect, I'm like, yeah. If you weren't as self-motivated and doing these sort of, having these thoughts, working on programming, which mm -hmm. is like sort of professional development in a way. Right. Do you think that your advisor person would be helpful with that if, if you asked? Yeah. So uh, I've spoke with uh, one of my colleagues was in the same situation. He's German, actually, but he had a stretch where he was unemployed. 
and he had a very nice agent, but he's told me stories and I've talked to other people that had very different experiences with their, um, their agent. And they were like emailing them once a week and saying, give me updates. What are you doing? And like sending them like job positions that match their profile Mm -hmm. and saying like, oh, you should apply for these. They don't force you to do it, but it's like suggested. And they were like really on the ball and, and, and much more aggressive, I guess. I don't know. I think given my circumstance and I think having the whole like, you know, education stuff like gives me sort of a maybe a little bit more relaxed approach because I'm, I'm sure they think that I'll find something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope I find something too, obviously. Yeah. But I think right now I'm in a rush. And then the other the other side thing is that Katie recently got a small promotion. So she's making a little bit more money and, and her job is looking really well. So there's no like, again, there's no immediate stress to just find something now, 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 now. So... Maybe in the next like three or four months, hopefully we'll get lucky and, and something will come up. But as of right now, things are good. <laughs> you got time. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just like I said, I feel more, I feel less pressure. I guess that's the best way to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think about this a lot. Like I think life abroad in general has a higher a higher possibility to present these weird stretches of time where you just have time. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> when you just stay in your home country and you kind of know how to navigate things, you tend to move faster because you can. Mm. I mean, and that's extra, extra true in America where everything moves fast anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, but here, I mean, I've had a good three month stretch to do nothing and and unwind and prepare. And that was amazing. I know yeah. plenty of other friends who, was, who have also found themselves with these gaps and it's weird because you're not prepared for it as an adult. You're like kind of used to being like, go, go, go. But I that's something I appreciate about this whole life that we've all found ourselves in. It's like, it's not linear. Right. And if you can lean into that and embrace it for what it is, it can be a great time to to learn more about yourself, about the world and yeah. get chill for a minute. You know, you never <laughs> notice how stressed out you are until it's over. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, that you really hit the nail on the head. Like, so I mentioned before that I didn't really have that like college experience or that summer experience where you go abroad. But I mean, I've spoke with people that have, my colleagues that he was like, yeah, I finished my undergraduate education and uh, I went to Hawaii. Yeah. And I stayed there for six weeks. And I was like, what yeah. did you do in Hawaii for two? He's like, yeah, like I met this guy at a bar and we did this and I, you know, I was surfing and he just like, yeah, he just straight went. And I was like, how did you have the money for that? Like, how did you find a place? Like, I, I had so many questions. Like, how do you do that? And he was like, well, I mean, you just, you just do it. Yeah. And then I was like, nah, you're crazy, you know? And then I met another German guy. It's the same thing. He was like, yeah, I did this. He he had to do a um, the like military service requirement. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. He did this for one year. And then as soon as that ended, he bought himself a motorcycle <laughs> and he just like traveled for like three months. Yeah. And then he was like, and it was so funny because, but he was like, after that, I figured, yeah, maybe I'll try to get my PhD. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> Wait, really? motorcycling around for a while yeah right i mean it was just like it, it's so it's like the perception is so different you know what i mean and, it, and and i still struggle with that sometimes like i mean no there are times where you know i wake up and 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 it's just i feel like oh my god like what, what am i doing with my life like i have to be looking for a job like i, I gotta find something now like i mean i i have to like update my resume i have to like do all these things and then i have to remind myself like dude slow down man like yeah. you can you're fine you know whatever it's still it's it, it's just march you know, like there's still nine months. I mean, technically, I still have nine months left on, on, on you know, my, my benefits and everything else. And it's like, I just got to slow down and like take a breath and realize like, just be, 
You know what I mean? I had a phase where I actually got fired from my job. This was a this is like such an American scenario. I feel like mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to go to grad school. Right. And my employer had written me a letter of recommendation for grad school. And so they sure. knew I was planning on going. They were like, oh, you got in. That's great. You'll have a job till the day you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, three to four weeks later, they fired me. Ah. And um, I was like, great, cool. Um, super awesome that you did that. Um, I couldn't leave the town I was living in because my lease on my apartment was running for like three more months. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to pay to not live here. Right. But no, also yeah, what, yeah. you know, what do I do? So I contacted unemployment because I was like, well, they fired me and they didn't really have any reasons. Um, but because I was moving away in the next three months, that was considered enough of a reason that I didn't get any benefits. So then I had this weird phase where I just worked like five jobs for yeah. a while and they were like rent, like Barnes and Noble. Right. I right. managed like a dance stores, um, like shop, okay. um, r- random stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fun. It was cool and interesting and like sounds, it's, it's fun to talk about now, but like my reaction was not like, great, let me experience the world for three months. It was yeah. like, <laughs> I have to pay rent. Yeah, and I don't yeah, have yeah, income yeah. anymore, so I will do a bunch of random things and work 12 hours a day until this ends and I can move out. And yeah. And so I, I as much as I had that time, I, I didn't have that time. Like, I don't yeah. look back on that like, yeah, I feel like that was a time I did a lot of soul searching or or whatever. It was like, no, it was a survival mode. And it yeah. activated a survival mode that I had to exist in for and ended up being like three or four years. And it was only after that ended where I had this time here that I, yeah, again, the money thing was a really, really, really big struggle. And I think in yeah. retrospect, I downplay it. Um, but it was just time to think about everything that had been happening to me that I had been doing, etc. And it was valuable. And and I, I don't think I could have gone into my new job. I, I can't imagine going into it the day after I'd left my old job. You know, I, yeah. I did in that retrospect really need that time to take a deep breath, prepare myself, get the confidence that I needed for my new role and like it was really vital. And now even work like when you are working in Germany, they, a lot of companies have programs for if you just like feel like going to Spain to learn Spanish for four months, they're like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll find a way. No, but it's funny that you mentioned that too, because um, actually my mother got a new job. I mean, she was working at a uh, at a school, like in a school system for about, I don't know, 15 years or something. And she finally had enough and she found a new job. And I was like, that's great. You know, like, you know, move on, find something different. And then uh, a few weeks later, she was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, how's it going or whatever? And she was like, yeah, you know, this new job, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, 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 new job. I mean, I thought you just found the new job. I was like, yeah. I mean, she gave herself one week. Yeah. I mean, she left her old job. One week later, she started the new job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you insane? Like, take, take a month off. Like, you got time. You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. No. And then another friend of mine who was a, um, he's a civil engineer, same situation. He gave himself, I think it was two weeks to move from Florida back to Virginia to start his new position in Virginia. Gave himself two weeks. And I was like, why, man? Like, And he's like, well, that's the time when I'm available. <laughs> that's enough time for me to like pack up my stuff and then move and then put the house on the market and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're you're crazy, dude. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, maybe then I would have been like, it's fine or whatever. But like it's now normal, I, like, yeah. and I was just like. I don't know. It's like, why not Why not take like four or six? Like, just take a short, like extended vacation. It's free days. I mean, again, money is always the question. Right, But right, if yeah, you can find yeah. a way, I mean, yeah, especially in, in, in uh, <clears throat> certain fields, 
engineering and sciences. You no, yeah, he's fine. You tend he's to get fine. paid enough, right? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> like, and that would, you know, you're, you're actually absolutely right. I mean, with my mom, like, she's an accountant, so it's like kind of, nah, I mean, she might have some, my, my dad's okay. Um, you know, something like this. Um, but with him, no, I mean, he's, I, I know what he makes. And yeah. I was like, you you can survive, my friend. You like, can take a couple weeks. <laughs> and, he, and he was just, he just brushed it off. Yeah, well, I think for me, especially this whole move from America to Germany has really expanded my perception of what yeah, life naturally. is, what yeah. work is, what that means. It's just different for me now. And I think it's different here. And, and it's kind of cool that you got this time. I mean, if it goes on for too long, right? If it's a year and you haven't gotten anything, then <laughs> it's like panic mode. And I know that yeah. happens to people. And like... That's that's a different topic that I'd right. be happy to talk about if anyone has that experience. But like in your boots right now, you've still got the time. And I think it's good. I think it's cool. I mean, what our what our short term plan is basically. So we need two more years here and then we can apply for the permanent residency visa because you have to be here for five years. Um, so we've got three years under our belt. And if we can survive for two more, <laughs> then we can try to get something a little bit more long term. So that's kind of a motivating factor. So I mean, I will, I will hopefully find something. And if I don't, like I said, Katie has her position, so we can try to play that angle. Well, good luck. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're gonna round the corner and head to home now with our ending segment. It's yep, yep, yep. Zach, Zach, Zach. I'm gonna ask you three questions. Rapid oh, fire. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> answer it. Don't think it. Overthink it. Just go with your gut. I, I cannot, but I will try. You will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? No, but go. Good. Who is your favorite soccer slash foosball team? Uh, Chelsea. I have heard that you've been planting some plants in your employment. <laughs> yeah. Which plant are you most excited about? Most excited? Oh my God. Peppermint. I started the seeds and it's been one week and nothing. No. So no, I, I don't. But no, I, I hope those are the ones that go. Hopefully. All yeah, right. we'll see. And what is your German beer of choice? Oh, no. Yes. German beer. Oh, God. That's Would you not like German beer? I don't they kick you out for that. Like uh, I, I'd probably say like Dolly, the Dolly IPA that they have here in Freiburg. Ah, you're like As a craft beer dude. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. And okay, then there's so, this yeah. Martins, uh, Martins Boy, yeah. uh, the, the Brauerei that's in the middle of the city. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. I what? mean, they, they have good they have good stuff, too. I like that. Uh, as far as like the bigger stuff, man, I, I don't know. I, I tell you what I don't like, and I'll probably catch crap for it, is this um, uh, Jever. Yeva, yeah yeah a lot of people like that i don't like it so you're like more of an into like american beers then super snobby yeah basically well cool okay those are your questions thanks for talking to us sure. about unemployment and other things i hope yeah. i hope it works out i hope the plan works and most importantly i hope the peppermint plans work oh uh, yeah yeah maybe not most important but uh definitely eh. in my top one maybe Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Head on over to Instagram to let me know what you thought of today's show. And if you've got any experience with unemployment, I'd like to hear about it. Like I said, I've had my my own little bout of it here as well as back in the state. And I think it's really worth talking about how those experiences are different in these different places where we live. So let's not be weird about the topic. Let's share. <laughs> Our Instagram is the expat cast. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, also at the expat cast. And if you're not already, please subscribe to the show, leave us a rating and review. Thank you as always to Gordon Eisenbach, my partner in life and in podcasting, and to Amy Lange Art for the logo. Thank you to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram too at a hug from the side. 
Next week, we'll be back in your feed to hear a more seasoned expat talk to us about how family relationships have developed over the years of living abroad. Until then, have a wonderful start to your Aprils.